Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Suge Burry. What happened if you say what you want to say? Hey, friends. I, I know there's a lot of moms out there listening, and I just saw the cutest little thing. Uh, we've got a wonderful guest today. Her name is uh, Senator Julia Coleman. She has her hands full. Uh, this is part two, friends. I want you to listen in to part one, uh, where we introduce her, we give her biography, we tell you about her background, and the fact that she has got three kids under the age of three. And just now, I was looking at her. We're on YouTube, friends. Please find us at Him for Her Radio Women's Hot Topics. But she was giving a little shh, shh, shh to her toddler who's outside in the chair because she has to sit outside because there's no quiet uh, corner that she could find in her house. Julia Coleman, thank you so much for coming on our show. Yeah, thanks for having me and being so flexible with my wildlife at home. I love it. And we've had a little bit of trash truck that was going by. And and (laughs) I love it. You know what? This is real life. And, you know, when we elect officials, to take place in government. They have such a responsibility and you really do expect them to work. And I know that you have really balanced well uh, between that village that's coming alongside of you, balancing being uh, a senator of excellence as well as uh, being a mom of excellence. And so can you share with us a little bit, how has God played a role in guiding your decisions when it comes to government matters? You know, I pray before everything bill hearing before writing a bill, introducing a bill, before giving a speech, I ask God, just speak through me. Help us to do your work in, in some way or another. And and at the end of the day, one of my favorite prayer lines is I will be done. Um, I accept what passes and what doesn't. I accept what comes before my desk uh, as far as bill proposals and and truly let faith kind of guide my priorities. And when I said I was running to be a voice for young families, uh, it's, it's been amazing watching those priorities come to fruition through the bills uh, that have either come to me or through me. And, and so faith is the biggest part of getting through and working through life as a, a working mom. You know, as the youngest elected uh, senator so far, female, um, you know, you've really made some huge strides and big impacts. And we talked a little bit about that at the end of our last show that we just did. I just want to put a cap on that. And then we're going to get into some of the amazing work that you have already done uh, as a senator. And we talked a little bit about the private market paid family leave. Um, you know, when I first met you face to face, you really shared how you just wanted to be a candidate who works for families, young people, uh, the blue, you talked about, you know, being there as a voice uh, for those who are defending um, our own backyards, uh, the police officers. And so could you share with me a little bit what this legislation is about and how it might benefit families? Absolutely. When I gave birth to my first son, um, I was working for a, a smaller company that didn't have the ability to offer paid family leave. And, and it was a struggle. I remember being eight, nine months pregnant with him. And when I should be resting, I was moonlighting after work, trying to save up so I could take what I thought would be enough time off 
to heal my body and learn what I'm doing with this little baby uh, who's now sitting over here <laughs> at two years old. <laughs> and I didn't like other proposals on the table. They were too expensive. They grew the size of government very significantly. And they would end up taking away uh, a lot of companies' ability to offer even more generous paid family leave benefits like they already offer. I said, well, the larger companies, they're already offering paid family leave. They're already under um, some, some regulations that they have over 50 employees. But what can we do to help our small businesses, our mom and pop main street shops that want to offer paid family leave to their employees, but, but can't? It's just not realistic for them right now. And so I watched what a couple other states did, um, Virginia uh, being one of them, I think the most recent one. And what they did was authorize the creation of paid family leave insurance in their state. And there's a lot of companies that do short-term disability that know this area very well that think this would be a great product to sell. But what if the companies can't afford it? Well, that's where tax credits would come in. And so for companies with 50 or fewer employees, we were going to offer um, up to 3000 dollars per employee in the form of tax credits to be able to pay for paid family leave related expenses to pay for the salary of the person that'll be replacing them while they're out to cover these insurance premiums um, whatever paid family leave related expense you have this would help go towards that to help mom and pop shops one be able to offer this benefit uh, that they want to offer but struggle to afford to offer, uh, and two, be able to compete uh, for good talent with those larger companies that are already offering generous paid family leave benefits. I think that's wonderful. You know, you experienced it, you felt it, and then you put into action uh, a bill for that. Would this family leave, is that just for maternal leave, or is it also for fathers, or what does that look like? Well, it was written broadly enough so that each small business can work directly with the insurance company to craft what's covered, what's not. They know their employees best rather than having a government tell them what they needed to cover or not cover. It really helped them to tailor it to their workforce's unique needs. And it would be more than applicable to paternal paternity leave. Um, if you have a, a loved one who's passing away, whether that be... Um, your parents or God forbid a sick child. Uh, this would include if you were fostering or adopting a child, uh, whatever that employer worked with the insurance company to decide was covered in paid family leave would be covered. That's a wonderful bill. Uh, so can you tell me the status of it and where it's at right now? Well, I am thrilled that it passed out of the state Senate. That was goal. Um, getting colleagues who maybe are 30, 40 years removed from having kids to see the need for this type of legislation. Um, it unfortunately didn't pass through the House. However, if I am reelected this uh, November, I fully plan on it being one of the first bills I drop in the hopper coming next year. A lot of bills take a while to get through the legislature and you have to just not be discouraged and keep on fighting and trying. Now, do they tell you why they didn't pass it or do they just say, no, it's not passing? Well, they thought that their proposal was better. The big government program, a mandate on small businesses, another tax, threats of fine. Um, 
that was what they wanted. And unfortunately, we just couldn't come to an agreement because it was too far apart on what we were envisioning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, you put other bills in place as well. You talked about um, going from high school to trade. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Yeah, so one of the bills that I worked on, another one that passed through the Senate and unfortunately not in the House, um, we're a divided legislature. I think we're the only divided legislature in the country. Um, wow created a skill path, making the Department of Labor and um, the education commissioners work together to create a path directly from high school to a career in the trades. You know, we have PSEO where you can go to college and have some good credits. But what if you could come out with a skill set, an employable skill set? Not everyone's destined for college, and that's okay. What are we doing to support those students on their journeys? And so that's another bill that I think I would love to keep working on, especially when we're talking about our skilled workforce shortage. Students can come out of high school debt-free and be ready to work on a construction site, to be a roofer, to be a plumber, an electrician, to make real money and um, not be saddled with college debt. You know, that would be amazing because I know that there's a lot of companies and company owners that I know that say, we just can't find help. Um, You know, we need people that can tile. We need people who are electricians. You know, we need plumbers, as you had mentioned, and they can't find the help they need. Then on the flip side, you get the employee who says, well, I can't afford to buy the tools or I can't go to school or I can't do the trade uh, because I can't afford to do that. Um, And I think that this would be amazing if this bill could get passed. Why did they not pass it the first time through? You know, everything sort of fell apart at the end of session. Um, We were just too far apart on major issues. And so a lot of things just never came to fruition. Um, It's a bonding year. It's not a budget year. So we didn't have to technically pass anything. Uh, Next year's a different story. Next year is a budget year and we need to be talking about these things more seriously. Mm -hmm. And that must be terribly frustrating for you. Oh, it was. I remember I was sitting there at, gosh, I think we finished at midnight on Saturday and I'm sitting there and I'm watching the clock tick and I'm watching people come on and off the floor, try to making an agreement happen and just watching everything fall apart bill by bill by bill and thinking, okay, which of my bills were in that that aren't happening this year? Oh, no, I really worked hard on that one. But uh, at the end of the day, they wanted us to spend a number I wasn't comfortable spending uh, in order to get our priority of of tax cuts. And so we're just going to see what happens come what may this election. You know, it's still up in the air whether or not we'll have a special session to get some key bills done. Uh, but let, let's have these conversations again when we're in a budget year and have to sit down and talk about these issues. Mm-hmm. And how frustrating. It sounds like it's just a never ending circle and nothing seems to have gotten accomplished on some of those bills. Uh, you had another one that was suicide prevention training. Uh, that sounds like a wonderful item to have. Everybody should learn that. I did a show on suicide friends. So please find that as well. We'll, we'll have the link below. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, I, you know, this is a bill that actually did pass in my first year and, and, and became law. And it funded suicide prevention training for our teachers so that when they see a student who might be struggling, they have seen and studied the red flags and the warning signs and can try to get mom and dad and a school counselor involved 
or any mental health professional uh, sooner rather than later. Everyone says, man, I wish I had known. I wish I had seen the signs. Well, this bill provided the funding for them to learn the signs and, and be able to help students uh, at, at er, as early as they possibly can. So are all teachers then going to be educated in that area? It was a, a grant program. So teachers can apply to take the training and have it funded. And uh, I know a number of them have, and uh, I hope to fund, uh, not fund, to sponsor that bill next year to keep that program funded, keep it educated and, and keep that um, knowledge going. Mm-hmm. It is vitally. It's just so important right now. And all of the things that are happening in this world, you know, Senator, there's a lot of moms that are freaking out about what's happening in schools, gun control, uh, you know, all of this. What are your thoughts? What's your words of encouragement for them? Um, on gun control or just on schools? Both. Mm-hmm. Both. Um, you know, I've always been of the mentality that we need to make sure that our most precious assets are secured. And I don't necessarily believe that every teacher should be armed. I think that people think the debate is between gun control, take away people's Second Amendment rights, or arm every single teacher. And I, I really don't think that's the answer. I think that having armed guards at schools uh, at the front door would, would, would go a long way. I know that we arm, we guard our president, we guard our congressmen, we guard all of our most precious assets, and we should be guarding our children as well. So that is something that I think a lot of people are going to be having conversations about when we get back into session. Um, I know that's something that Congress is mulling over, um, and, and we'll see what happens with that. Um, as far as schools, you know, I think that there's this really inaccurate mentality out there that um, our schools are failing and nobody wants to do anything about it and Republicans don't care about schools and you know I'm going to be putting my little boys in these schools that couldn't be further from the truth we want to not only fund our schools and give our children quality education but we want to make sure when we fund those schools that the dollars are going to the right place and it was so amazing to work under Senator Roger Chamberlain this year our education chair to watch him really make sure the dollars are going to the right thing you know 40 percent of Minnesota students uh, can't read at grade level by third grade. And so he really? said, okay, put our money directly into literacy funding to getting our teachers the right training to make sure they're giving our students the right literacy skills. Because if you can read, everything starts to make sense after that. And so they're, both sides of the aisle are taking a serious look at how to best protect our schools and then to make sure that those little minds are, are being molded properly. You know, you said an interesting thing. I didn't realize that statistic. Could you repeat that again about the kids reading? Yeah, in Minnesota, about 40% of our students can't read at grade level by third grade. And Minnesota has some of the worst education outcomes in the entire country. Uh, Mississippi is doing better than we are. And so what I thought was brilliant was Senator Chamberlain said, well, okay, what's Mississippi doing? Let's learn from other states. And they funded literacy. They put their money and their efforts behind literacy. So that was our goal this year, um, was to do the same. Well, good for you. And that is a, that's huge. I mean, I, as you know, I work with inmates and women leaving prison. Uh, a lot of them don't have a very good reading level. And, um, and that, that's 
they just feel like it says on their forehead, um, you know, inmate or unable or whatever that word might be that they feel because they can't read. And it's so important that we can do everything we can uh, through Congress to allow that to be passed. So uh, way to go on that. You know, uh, Senator Coleman, you talked also, and as a mom, you've had experience in this, um, that you had um, helped in a bill for nursing moms. Uh, I love the fact that you have families on the forefront of your thought all the time. Uh, Please share a little bit about that. This was another bill that um, actually came to fruition in my first year. A lot more happens during budget years than bonding years because we have to set a budget. Um, And what this bill did Again, just from experience of my peer group and hearing what other moms were going through, uh, Minnesota had some some ground to, to catch up on as far as making sure that if you're a pregnant woman in the workplace, that you have reasonable accommodations to do your job while maintaining a healthy pregnancy, uh, like not having to stand for too long to be able to take a break to sit down as long as you can still perform your job duties. And then part of the bill made Minnesota the third state in the nation to require that you be paid during your pumping breaks. I couldn't tell you how frustrating it was that people would get paid to every couple hours take a smoke break. But moms in Minnesota had to choose whether to maintain their income or go pump for 15 minutes every couple of hours. And so they said, look, if you're going to have a nursing mother in the workplace, you have to give her pay for a reasonable amount of time. You know, it's 15 minutes every few hours uh, so that no mom, especially ones that are hourly workers, low income workers, have to say, do I want to maintain my income to put food on the table for my family or be able to produce food for my baby? Uh, What a terrible choice to have to make. And I'm glad moms in Minnesota don't have to any longer. That is a wonderful bill. And in light, especially of the baby formula shortage that we're having right now, we talked about that in part one. Uh, with Senator Coleman. I want you to listen in. She had a lot of really great tips and uh, places that you could go to not only find formula, but to um, help support the people who are looking for formula. Um, And so I think that's a wonderful bill. Um, And were you the one who created it and brought it or did you help pass it? This was brought to me by a, a Democratic House member to carry and pass in the Senate. And I think a lot of people uh, think that you never get along with other members of across the aisle. Uh, those aren't the stories that uh, make headline news, but uh, that's reality. You know, in a divided legislature, if Democrats in the House want something passed, they need to find a Republican senator and vice versa. If we want something passed in the House, we usually have to find a Democratic House member. And so there's a lot of reaching out across the aisle, especially to do good for Minnesota families like we did with this bill. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you talked about uh, bonding versus budget years. Can you just help our listeners understand what those two mean? Absolutely. So Minnesota operates on a biennium schedule, meaning our first year we pass the budget for two years into the future. Uh, We have constitutional obligations to pass the budget or we go into a state shutdown. Um, But we also do policy work that year. Following year, we come back. It's usually a shorter session. We usually meet about one less month uh, than we do on budget years. Um, And that's uh, mostly policy driven, not a lot of dollars spent. Um, There'll usually be a small supplemental budget if things came up that we couldn't anticipate in the previous year. 
uh, but it's mostly focused on bonding, our infrastructure projects, bonding projects within each district, a lot of wastewater treatment plants, very exciting stuff. Uh, and there's no constitutional obligation to actually pass anything. That doesn't mean we don't try like the Dickens to make it happen, um, but it's not nearly as intense as a budget year. You know, as being a newer senator, can you share with me what was probably the biggest surprise to you in the Senate? Hmm. Well, I think the biggest surprise for me was how quickly everything could fall apart, which my first year I was on bed rest with the twins. And luckily, because of COVID, uh, remote voting was an option. So I would have a nurse down here doing an ultrasound while I'd be up here voting. <laughs> and it was very <laughs> Experience, but you get to see kind of how the sausage was made, the inside scoop. And so this year, uh, which I touched on earlier, you know, you walk in on that last day, you think that we're in agreement on a number of things, uh, that you're going to get a lot of stuff done, that it'll be a long day, but you'll get a lot of great bills passed. And then just watching how quickly things would fall apart at the end there. Uh, that was the most shocking uh, moment for this freshman. You know, that would be frustrating, as we had shared earlier. You know, you, you work on it, you put it together, you do everything you can do to get it passed. You walk with people on the other side of the aisle and visit with them on it and uh, come up with solutions, and then everything falls apart. I can't even imagine. Um, you know, share with me, if you would, um, before we close, what are some things that we can specifically be praying for you on, whether it be with your family, with your children, uh, in your Senate position? Oh, I appreciate you asking that. You know, first time, always praying every day to be better the next day than I was today. Can I be a better mother tomorrow? Can I be a better public servant tomorrow than I was today? And and have prayers to constantly be developing and growing in those fields uh, I, would mean the world to me. Um, for strength and patience uh, with three little boys running around in a high stress job, it, it, it takes a lot of grace and I pray a lot of Hail Marys to get that grace. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I am running again this year to continue serving my community, my family, uh, and my God in the Senate. And I would love prayers to be able to speak to the people of this district to, as to why they should hopefully choose me to continue working on that uh, next year. So some of your future goals would be... Uh, to run again for, I believe it was district, uh, what was that number? 48. 48, thank you, because you said that they had uh, created some new lines on that. And if you're from Minnesota, please listen up. Friends, I want you to vote for my friend, Senator Julia Coleman, uh, which will be coming up. And do you know uh, what the areas or what the lines are for that those counties? Absolutely. So I currently represent pretty much all of Carver County, um, but the community is so amazing that we had to really shrink down the size of our district uh, with redistricting after the census. And so it's mostly um, the eastern portion of the county now. It's Waconia, Mayor, Cologne, Victoria, Chaska, and I now have all of Chanhassen, which I'm thrilled about since I used to serve uh, as a city council woman there. Yes, I remember. And we lived there for an awful long time. It's a great city. Um, now, do you have any other future hopes past running for Senate next year? Well, if I win in November, 
November, I have a four-year term. And my hope is to get some of these things that fell apart across the finish line. Let's look at paid family leave for Minnesotans in a way that is friendly to small businesses. Let's look at how to get these students into high paying jobs right out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal is to be, I think I got a ton done as a freshman, but to be even more productive and survive these three little boys under three. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're amazing. And like I said, I really admire everything that you're doing. And friends, if you can, would you please remember to pray for Senator Julia Coleman, her hard work, her effort, and everything that God is doing to guide her in that direction. And friends, I want you to ask as well, would you please go to our site, himforher.org, H-I-M number four, her.org, and donate today because these shows are listener supported. And I want to continue to show uh, what God is doing in and through everybody's lives around the country. Senator Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. This is Shook Burry. You know I love you. Over and out. Hey, ladies. This is Shook Burry, and I'm the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I am so glad that you have found our show amongst the millions of podcasts that are out there. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, would you please do me a favor? Like it, rate it, thumbs up. We're on YouTube as well, so don't forget to find us there. You can watch our guests also. Please subscribe so you don't miss a show. We also have started Him for Her Crazy Testimonies. And each of our guests that we have on the show shares their personal testimony, how they receive Christ in their life. This is Sugbury. You know I love you. Over and out.